Hey, this is Dr. Bruce Becker. I'm here again with uh, Pastor Mike Botney, the lead speaker at Time of Grace. And we have another episode of Behind the Series podcast. Say, Pastor Mike, beginning the second week in August, we start a new four-week message series. But you know, actually, it's a message series that we've aired before, actually two years ago. But we're bringing it back for several reasons. First, it's a big issue in our culture today. And you know, when we aired it in 2020, we heard from many viewers who really appreciated the series. And another reason is, is that since then, we've got many new viewers to Time of Grace who've never seen it before. Ready for it? The series is called Sexpectations. Woohoo! <laughs> it's back. Round two. <laughs> But you know, Pastor Mike, I need to be totally transparent with you there. We did have a couple of viewers who didn't appreciate the series back in 2020. I remember one person who thought that it was inappropriate for a Christian pastor to talk in church about sex. So Pastor Mike, can you explain uh, why you feel it's important to talk in church about sex? Oh, and you notice I didn't say to talk about sex in church. That could be misunderstood. <laughs> Thank you for your careful wording. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would empathize with the viewer who gets nervous or the listener who is, <laughs> who's reluctant to jump in. Uh, I think there's a long, oh, man, a, a long history here in America of not getting this biblically correct. Um, if someone wanted to push me and say, whoa, why are we talking about this on Time of Grace or in church? My one word answer would be Bible. Like if you're a Bible believing Christian, if you're the kind of person who thinks that we shouldn't add or subtract from the Bible, um, if you believe 2 Timothy 3, that all scripture is God breathed and it's useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking and training in righteousness so that we're equipped for every good work. Like if, if you believe that, like I do, what some people call plenary verbal inspiration, <laughs> fancy way of saying every, every, every single word, page, chapter, and verse came from God. It's inspired by him and it's good for us. I mean, th that is my basic answer. I'm a, I'm a Bible teacher. We are a Bible-believing ministry. And the topic of sex comes up in the Bible. Um, th then if someone was still listening, uh, <laughs> uh, there's a, a book on my shelf, um, that I just read by a, a non-Christian author named Peggy Orenstein, and it's called Girls and Sex. And she kind of interviewed um, high school girls, college girls. She had a, a companion book called Boys and Sex, where she conducted some similar interviews and experiments. And wow, there, there's a lot of things in there that just opened my eyes to what's happening right now in culture. But th there was one stat that was like her personal stat that really grabbed me. She said that in research for her book, she spoke to 70 separate young women, seven, zero, 70. And out of the 70, the number of them that had had a real conversation with their own father about sex, two. Two? That's two, it? Two out of 70. And these girls were confessing to the researcher that they were confused. They had regrets. They were trying to figure out what to do with pornography and with dating. They were just struggling, dying. 
their own parents weren't talking to them about this issue and it didn't make the issue go away. So if someone asked me like emotionally, pastorally, why do I think time migration should talk about this on a fairly frequent basis? My answer would be number one, because we love the Bible. And number two, because we love people just like that who are searching for truth and grace and answers to the, the questions they're facing each day. Thanks for that. You know, the first message is uh, titled Sex is Good. Hmm. From uh, God's perspective, what are the reasons why sex is good? Yeah, <laughs> I love, uh, man, I'm not sure. As a preacher, you have a lot of experience here. There's sometimes where like you come up with a theme in the moments that seems so catchy and good. And then like, man, no one could repeat it to you. 15 minutes after the service is done. <laughs> but the, this series actually, even years afterwards, like I could tell you from memory, the four themes and they have been so helpful for me in teaching. And I, I know we're gonna walk through them in a second, but yeah, starting out with this idea, sex is good, period. Um, sex is good because God made it. He's a good God. Um, what does the gospel of John say? in in him is light and there's no darkness at all. So if there was sex in the world before there was sin in the world, then sex has to be good. So if, uh, you know, if our hearts or if our gut reaction to the topic is, oh, that's bad or that's inappropriate or that's embarrassing, like, well, you've like, you haven't understood what the Bible says from pages one and two, where Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. So I could, man, I could rattle off a whole bunch of reasons when done right. Sex brings couples together. It feels good. It's relaxing. It kind of cements marriages. It gives us a glimpse of heaven. Unless, um, <laughs> unless our listeners are Adam, Eve, or Jesus, all of them are products and results of a sexual experience. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Yeah, th this, this is the place we need to start because it's where the Bible starts with the inherent goodness of God's gift of sex. So what I hear you saying is, is that if somebody thinks sex is not good, that they are really in disagreement with the one who made it. Exactly. Don't, don't be mad at the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's and and maybe let's be honest about this some people have had very difficult sexual experiences some people haven't been taught biblically some have been sexually abused some of them have been in sexless marriages so i i can understand why someone would come with a lot of baggage to this topic so i suppose what i'm asking is maybe just the enough benefit of the doubt to like okay let's some. Um, we come from different worlds. Let's just open a Bible and see what our perfect loving father has to say about this subject. Great advice. When it comes to sex, God has different messages for different groups of people. I'm, I'm thinking those who are married and those who are parents. Can you sum up what God has to say to those three different groups of people about the subject of sex? Mm. Um, yeah, to keep it brief, to single people, to married people, and to moms and dads, God would say, sex is good. <laughs> right? So, okay. you know, sing, 
it, it's not God. So I would say to a, a single person, and we'll get to this in a bit, like it, it, you don't need it. You don't have to have it today. You don't have to be jealous. Like you have a, a good life. God made this day. And even if sex isn't involved in it, um, but, but it's still a good thing. It's a good blessing that God gives to many people. Uh, to married people, I would say sex is good. It's complicated. I mean, the, the more I've learned about couples where one where one person is what they call the high desire spouse and the other is the lower desire spouse. You know, maybe where one person feels more loved when it comes to sex, the one person would want it every day. And the other person said, I can go two weeks and I'm fine. Um, so it, because of that complication, it can lead to arguments. It can lead to hurt feelings. It can lead to distance. So I, I would want to say, okay, we got some stuff to work through, but at its very nature, sex is good. And this could become something really good in your relationship. And to parents, like, man, we, I've been reading the Proverbs in my own devotions. And in Proverbs 5, 6, and 7, you have this father speaking really candidly to his son about sex, about adultery, about prostitution, um, he gushes about the goodness of sex. You know, he talks about be satisfied by your wife's breasts. Proverbs five. So he's not like, oh, sex is embarrassing. Sex is awkward. I don't want to do this, but I guess I have to have the talk with you. <laughs> no, he's, I mean, this father is coming from the perspective, sex is good. You're probably going to have sex, son. So let me tell you how this works from God's design. Let, let me save you from the heartache. Let me lead you to the blessing. So I would want any parent listening to believe that. Like, don't be, yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, our, our adolescent kids are going to wrinkle up their faces. But what a, what a good thing to teach them how to do this well and how to do this right. Well, when you get to your second message, uh, it's titled Sex is Work. Hmm. Why is it work? And what does that work all involve? Yeah. Can you help me understand that better? <laughs> Oh man, I like uh, this is a this is a sermon I, I really I really like because our culture does not tell us this. You know, the, the culture might say sex is good, sex is fun, sex is pleasurable, but you know, if you watch enough TV shows and movies, it's like he makes eye contact with her, boom, like jump cut to the passionate sex scene where it's so wonderful and they're so happy with sex. And I want to say like, as a married guy, no, <laughs> no, like, yeah, it could be, you know, sometimes it's, it's fireworks, but it's a lot of work. It's, it's selflessly serving the person you're with outside of the bedroom. It's being thoughtful, compassionate, sacrificial. It's, going the extra mile to take things off her to-do list so she isn't stressed and multitasking in her brain. Um, it's being creative, maybe, if you're the lower desire spouse, to initiate, to bring ideas to the bedroom. So I, I just want people to have honest expectations that this is not Hollywood. It's real life. There's the menstrual cycle. There's headaches. There's stress. There's kids knocking on the door. There's uh, cell phones that you forgot to mute. There's buzzing. There's texting. There, you know, stuff stuff happens, right? Um, sometimes you're gonna swing in your miss and miss when it comes to sex. Sometimes you're gonna get a single that you barely make it to the base. 
Sometimes you're going to get a home run. So I, I like this message that it's realistic in, in a fallen world. We're going to have to do a little bit of work to really know, love, serve each other and make sex good. Like we talked about in week one. The third message is entitled sex is fiery. Now, my initial thought is, is that you're going to talk about the passion and excitement of sex, but that's not what this message is about, is it? No, no. Um, I call that sex is fiery because I think fire is something that all of us, like, right, you don't have to be a, a Bible scholar to know that fire is both a very, very, very good, beautiful, life-giving thing and that same fire has the power to be a really, really bad, destructive thing. You know, fire kept in the fireplace, man, we have a fireplace in our home, just the warmth, the experience of being in the family, playing board games with a fire. But when I open the door and I'm like putting logs on that fire, there is a healthy amount of fear that I have. Like spark jumps out, this log falls out of the fireplace like I could lose so much so fast. So I, I love it. I want it, but I'm also very, very cautious with it. And I, I think that's exactly how our heavenly father in the Bible talks about sex. Like it's good. It's beautiful. I made it. It's my gift to you. And now let me tell you all of my rules. They're pretty restrictive in the Bible. So we can keep sex in a safe place that doesn't hurt you, hurt others, hurt the church hurt the world, keeps you from sin, keeps you from drama, keeps you from brokenness. So all of that is squeezed into that little theme, sex is fiery. Your fourth message uh, is entitled sex is unnecessary. Hmm. Now, if sex is a gift of God, a, a blessing that he wants us to have, what do you, what do you mean by it's unnecessary? Yeah. <laughs> um, Bruce, have you ever heard the is a movie that's a few years old, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yes, I never watched it, uh, but uh, I heard of it, yes. Yeah, you only watch Christian films, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. That one yeah. just didn't interest me because I was already over the age of 40 by the time that came out. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a Steve Carell is the lead actor. He's a, the guy from The Office. And kind of the premise, if I remember the beginning, was these guys find out that their buddy, Steve Carell, is 40 and he's still a virgin. And the thought of it is just so shocking. Like, how can you, you must have such a pathetic, miserable life if you've gone <laughs> for four decades without ever enjoying sex. So, you know, that, that's kind of the cultural message. Like th those poor virgins or those poor people who are living celibate lives, they're missing out on the excitement and the, the pleasure and the connection of sex. And, I would say, no, no, it's, it's a good gift, but it's not God. Um, I might summarize it this way. Jesus never came close to having sex. And he was the happiest man who ever walked on earth. So he, he wasn't dragging his sandals in the Galilean dirt thinking, darn it. If only my father, <laughs> you know, let me settle down and have some kids. Cause Peter has a wife and when we're home in Galilee, he gets to go back. <laughs> like, no, G Jesus was full of joy from the Holy Spirit, e even though, I, you know, he didn't get the first base with a girl. So 
from a biblical perspective, sex is unnecessary to be satisfied, to be joyful, to get up in the morning and realize that life is worth living. Well, what then is necessary for us to find fulfillment in our life? Oh, slow what's, pitch. what's the key? What's the key? <laughs> slow pitch from Dr. Becker. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, often when I wake up in the morning, I pray the words of Psalm 90 verse 14. Uh, Moses wrote that. He said, satisfy us in the morning with, not sex. No, God, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love. You know, so let's say there's a person, a friend that you have, he's got a really healthy, vibrant sexual relationship with his wife. Let's say they have sex even, let's say three times a week, way more than the national average. You know, put it all together. Let's estimate that, you know, 30 minute experience from start to finish. That's an hour and a half of his life that is blessed by sex. There's a lot of other hours in the day, which kind of reminds us that there's something bigger to happiness in life than just this. And it is the God who is always there, who is always present. Who, Psalm 16 says there are eternal pleasures at God's right hand. Like the, the experience of sex is small compared to knowing God, seeing God with the eyes of faith, and one day being with God forever. So what's necessary? Just God. Well, thanks, Pastor Mike, for uh, addressing God's view of sex in this message series. Our listeners can watch or listen to the entire series over the coming weeks by going to our website at timeofgrace.org. You know, for August, we're offering a pair of books, the first one being Sexpectations. It's this message series, uh, but there's more. Uh, there are study questions and journal prompts uh, in, this, uh, in this book. Uh, and did you know that last time back in 2020, we heard from friends who've used this book for their own Bible study groups. And we also heard from a husband and wife who do marriage counseling. They're using it as well with the, with the couples that they are counseling. It's, it's just a great resource. Hmm. The second book is titled Sex is Complicated. You mentioned that before. Hmm. It's, a, it's a study of the Old Testament book of Song of Songs. And it's actually a message series you preached back in 2011 before you ever came to Time of Grace. Hmm. But you know, the content is timeless and it's, oh, it's a perfect companion to sexpectations. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Song of Songs. This is a book in the Old Testament authored by King Solomon. What is this book all about? Oh, <laughs> so um, I'm, a, I'm a reader. I know, Bruce, you like to devour a good book or two. So on the shelves in my office, I don't just have like one or two books. I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. Did you know the biggest book, like page count, the biggest book in my entire library is a Bible commentary on Song of Songs? No. How can yeah, you get that much is. out of it? <laughs> That's what I, it's this eight, eight chapter book in the Bible, right? It fits on four to six pages in, in our Bibles. And I have like a commentary that I forget if it has like 1,100 or 1,400 pages. So I'm, I'm kind of grinning. You asked me, what is Song of Songs about? And I'm looking at this 1,400 page explanation. And, and the reason for that is, is there's been this really lengthy, healthy debate whether Song of Songs is just like this 
physical relational reminder that sex is good and sex is work and sex is fiery? Or is it, or is it about something more? Is it meant to be like this kind of story about this, this guy and this girl that's meant to remind us of Jesus and his bride, the church? And so people have debated and they picked apart every word and verse like, is this supposed to help me when it comes to my sexuality or my spirituality? And I don't know where you land on that debate, but I've always thought there were glimpses of both. Like I can learn a lot about marriage right now. And there's a whole lot I can learn about God and his, his passion for me, the lengths that he would go to be with his bride, the sacrifice of Jesus. So that's a, that's my medium length answer to your short question, which could have turned into very, very lengthy. <laughs> yeah, especially if we went through all 1,400 pages of that book. <laughs> next, next month on the Time of Grace podcast, we read the Song of Songs commentary. The Song of Songs, uh, to me, as you ask, uh, you know, reminds me of, first of all, the relationship of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is an intimate relationship there. And God wants that for us uh, as his children uh, to have that kind of relationship with him. But it's also built into the whole subject of marriage, you know, and the relationship of a husband and wife. So, you know, I think God thinks a lot more deeply than I ever can. And that he weaves these various aspects of his creation and who he is uh, into a book like Song of Songs. So that's my two cents. I like it. Well, these two books uh, complement each other, and our listeners can get a copy of both of them by going to our website at timeofgrace.org. You know, one of my favorite parts about these monthly uh, discussions between you and I is your stories that you have to share of people who have been blessed by God through the ministry of Time of Grace. And I hope you don't disappoint, because I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing one or two. <laughs> well, the bar is set high. Um, yeah, I actually do. Uh, we got a great letter that came into the mail to the Time of Grace office. Um, it, it made me chuckle a bit. It moved my heart and it inspired me by the time it was done. Um, it was by this guy in his opening paragraph. He said, I, I saw a Time of Grace on TV for the first time the other day. And stylistically, it did not excite me. <laughs> apparently my my way of speaking and my preaching style was like not not his thing he was not into it he's about to turn the channel but for some reason he kept listening to the message and it happened to be the message that I was preaching about abuse specifically the second week where I spoke to people who had been abusive who had been violent uh, who had committed that horrible sin um, I should tell you that this guy is in the middle of a 95-year prison sentence for human trafficking. Oh, my. So he explained that he was a, a pimp, uh, sexually immoral, evil, selfish, greedy, and now he is uh, doing the time for his crimes. So he's, he's listening because this message is, is right for him. And what, what gets him... Like he, he's kind of come to know Jesus for the past, I think, 10 years, he wrote. And he's tried to like embrace it. But just because of what he's done, it's he said he feels like he's on an island. But in, in the sermon, I had mentioned that 
um, the church I serve here in Appleton, the core, I'd given a survey about abuse and abortion. And one of the biggest themes that came back from our church members was remember that this is not the unforgivable sin that like be brutally honest about the evil of abuse, but please pastor, don't let our church be the place where people who have committed that sin don't feel like they're forgiven. And for, for this guy in prison, that was like the Holy Spirit firing a beautiful arrow right into his heart, oh, wow. saying that even, even though he has done some wicked things, that Jesus died for the godless and that the promise of the gospel is for him too. So he, his last paragraph, he actually he sent in a $100 gift to Time of Grace from prison. And uh, I, I thought, you know, we, we get lots of gifts. We're blessed by lots of supporters. And many of those gifts are more than $100. But I think that's one of the biggest gifts we've gotten in a long time. I had not heard that story. So thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing it. Um, it's just remarkable that when you share the love and grace of our God, that it is the most comforting message that anyone can ever hear. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe come in full circle. Maybe that's one last reason why I want to speak so directly about sex. Cause I'm guessing this guy had heard a lot of people talk about God's love before, but never in connection to his specific sin. Mm. And when those two things are brought together, when we have the courage to go there, it really it saves people. So, yeah, it can be uncomfortable. It can be awkward. Maybe this isn't my thing. But there are so many people listening who have who have been involved in prostitution, who have had an affair, who've looked at pornography, who haven't been good selfless spouses in, in the marriage bed. And I'm really praying that this series just gets right to their heart, brings all the Jesus and all the love and all the forgiveness they need. Amen to that. Why don't you wrap it up for us today, uh, Pastor Mike? I'd love to. Yeah, thanks to everyone listening for uh, your courage, for your humility. I don't know if you're excited about this series or you're <laughs> holding your breath, but we would, we'd really appreciate your prayers, um, that God would just break through every barrier, stronghold, get to people's hearts and give them exactly what they need. So if this uh, sounds like it might be a blessing to people you know, once again, the best way that you can support us is to pray and then to share. So it's easier than you think. If you want to like this podcast, share it, drop a comment. Uh, that's a huge blessing to us. And most importantly, it helps the word get out to more people that they can get more Jesus. So thanks for joining us this month. We'll see you next time and have an amazing day.